box to box stoppage time. Can you believe it? For Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. And Hoyt's Herbs and Spices. Changing the mood of food. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Hello and welcome to a special World Cup preview edition of Box to Box. As we record, the dust has barely settled on what was a heart-stopping, famous victory for Australia, whereas the BBC reported the unheralded Socceroos silenced the doubters to qualify for the round of 16 for just the second time, knocking out the number 10 ranked Denmark in the process. The reward, Argentina on Sunday after La Albi Celeste, who bounced back from their opening round shock loss against Saudi Arabia, flexed their considerable muscle and blew the Polish challenge away way to ultimately top their group. As sporting Everest go, they don't come much bigger than taking on the two-time champions. Inspired by the tragic loss of national hero Diego Maradona only two years ago and the chance to elevate his modern-day counterpart Lionel Messi to the same pantheon. Meanwhile, Australia have fought and scrapped against Tunisia and Denmark and successfully repelled the respective red tides and earned the right to play on such a totemic stage. The stage is now set in this special edition of Box to Box. I'm delighted to welcome one of the world's leading authorities on Argentine football with us from Buenos Aires, from the Guardian, Marcela Mora Iharao, to preview the game. Marcela, it is great to have you back on the show again. Hello, thank you. Happy Not circumstances bring us together. I know it's quite incredible, isn't it? And uh, and I I uh, enjoyed uh, uh, messaging with you in the early stages of the tournament. Um, when I think before the tournament began, I in- asked you if you might have some time to talk to us during the course of the World Cup, but only for the the planets to to ultimately align. That's right. Yes, I mean we do have a time difference. I'd like to point out because I might go croaky or just collapse somehow, but. Um, no, it, it's great. And I have to say, uh, we do. there is a sense in Argentina that, that we've kind of lucked out by having to meet you guys, yeah, yeah. which may be, uh, you know, above our station to feel that. But it, it, it brings further happiness and joy to the, to the equation. It's so unexpected in a way. Australia really goes up into this with nothing to lose. I mean, I, I know you have been keeping an eye on Australia during the tournament. I mean, of course, there were the giddy heights of Craig Goodwin's opening goal against France. All it did was wake the sleeping giant uh, of Kylian Mbappe and Olivier Giroud. Um, but the soccer is then, they bounced back against Tunisia and and that wild home crowd. Uh, and then ultimately this match uh, against Denmark. So so thinking from your end, your personal observations and, and the Argentine ball basis, you've mentioned you feel like that uh, they've lucked out, uh, Argentina's lucked out. But, but what's the sense of Australia as a football country um, throughout the course of this tournament i mean there was a there there was from particularly the european pundits a lot of a lot of disrespect for australia and and some of the the other countries the the lesser nations that lost um in the opening round uh, what what's your sense of the way that australia is being seen so far throughout this tournament well so i read uh, quite a lot of world press and, and i'm tuned into a lot of world press so i guess i share that sense um I have to say there's something slightly irritating in Argentina at the moment that anything that isn't Argentina doesn't really get a look in. And um, we we spent a couple of hours after the just Argentina's game today trying to find, uh, you know, replays or mentions of both your game and Mexico, Saudi Arabia, because 
it just sounded interesting and there was it was all just Argentina training Argentina going forward I expect that will change over the next couple of days as you're like the next immediate rival and you've you know Australia has has kind of garnered some relevance but but um there hasn't been that much mentioned there will be a lot of the surprise element the unexpected uh you know underdog going through and personally i also saw australia peru in in uh, doha earlier this year so i i saw your your qualifying game as it were the the playoff and and funnily enough that someone heard that and said oh you must come and talk about australia cuz you know you know about that as like, a one game <laughs> But, uh, you, you know, we're, uh, yeah, yes, I mean, the the headline is surprise Australia go through. Mm. I think even the Socceroos is a, is a word I've not heard here. I've just heard it in the English press. And in the, but I suspect tomorrow that will change. Also, as the correspondents in Qatar send stories, we all become tuned in. You know, there's this really interesting flow of information where um, we're very dependent on the, on what you know the, the, what what's sent from the ground, as it were. Mm. So I think if we have this conversation again in forty eight hours, we'll all be experts and uh, and, and ready for it. And in fact, Scaloni made uh, a comment today in his press conference saying. He had not really watched that many of Australia's games since World Cup, and he felt it was not very long between games. Generally, just that we were tired, you would be tired. It's Saturday's too soon. He thought that was bad, but, but then he said, "Obviously, tomorrow I'm, I'm just going to watch Australia for several hours." I mean, he didn't say it literally, but um, yeah, I think it's like we're, we're all prepping up for 48 hours, getting acquainted the tournament so far we've seen Saudi Arabia beat Argentina in that opening uh, match and and subsequently not be able to maintain their form and and get knocked out Uh, so you mentioned Scaloni hasn't watched a lot of Australia and he's going to become as you say an expert in the next 48 hours or so but but that um, as an Australian observer almost feels like the worst thing that could have happened to us. We would have preferred Argentina to qualify comfortably and not have any shocks like the Saudi Arabia one because regardless of how little or how much Scaloni, Messi, etc., know about Australia, they're not going to underestimate Australia going into this match. What a good omen that was to to have that shock in the first game because it was a real uh, bring back to earth and... Um, you, you know, a real a real reminder of, of what the World Cup is about and how how the unexpected can happen all the time. And uh, I think Scaloni is, is a very bright bloke. And I quite, I mean, I, I was quite, uh, I didn't rate him that highly when he first took over. I thought he was too inexperienced and um, wouldn't be up to the kind of pressures but he's he's growing on me as a very very intelligent football thinker and a very realistic man, a very rational man. So I I I think exactly you're right. He there's no way they're gonna be 
uh, underestimating Australia or unprepared at all because that defeat uh, to Saudi Arabia was a combination of a slight, a slight attitude problem on Argentina's side maybe and then just the laws of football, you know, the Saudis played really well. They had a, a really clear idea of what they wanted to do. They executed it, and they um, and and they were also super lucky with their, you know, they they had few sh shots at goal, but they got them in, kind of thing. So all of that, which is probably statistically not that likely to happen again soon, can happen in football, and that and I think that's a point. So Scaloni was saying, you know, we, uh, there's no way I'm going to say Australia, uh, Saudi Arabia were lucky, and there's no way I'm going to say Australia were lucky. I think we're looking at teams that have played well. Someone said, have you watched a lot of Australians? And no, I haven't had the chance, but I will now. I'm just sorry I don't have more time. And then he also said, you know, we're, we're really tired. It was one in the morning. I'm giving this press conference. We've just come... You know, we've got to come down from this high. We'll have tomorrow to recover a bit and Friday to prepare and Saturday is the game, which is wrong. It's not, it's not really the way it should be at this stage. But, of course, Australia are in the same position. So he's, he was kind of talking in tandem about the two teams. And um, I think, yes, the, the, the errors led to the Saudi um, fiasco, if you like, will not be repeated now. There may be other errors. I mean, there's all sorts of things can happen. But in terms of, of preparedness and humbleness and, uh, you know, sober, realistic expectations, they will be very level-headed approaching this game. Plus, it's really now crunch time. You know, it's one game and you're home kind of thing. So mm. I, don't, I don't know how much experience plays in one's favour or not. Um, but, you know, they, they all know that, these guys. I mean, there's a couple that have had the World Cup debut, but the others are quite seasoned internationals. So... It, it should be a really great game. I think I said at the top, it, we, we've got nothing to lose. And the one thing that we don't want is a repeat of 2006 where Australia last qualified for the round of 16. Uh, we faced the ultimate champions, Italy. Uh, we all famously know when uh, um, Fabio Grosso, uh, in our uh, uh, point of view, dived uh, uh, under the legs of Lucas Neal, uh, conceded a penalty. Francesco Totti uh, scored the goal and, uh, and famously they went on. So in an alternate universe, Marcelo, we think we could have been the champions of 2006 and we don't want that to happen again. Well, you know, we may be in an alternate universe now and um, I have to say, I mean, I'm really, really uh, kind of put professional objectivity to the side and, and so want Argentina to do well and Messi to win, even though I say he has nothing to prove. You can see he wants it and... People want Messi to win. Opponents want Messi to win. But I have to say, it would be um, it would be quite delightful if we if we were to um, if we have to leave the competition. 
I think it would be quite quite nice to give give way to new new teams and new protagonists in this show. It feels like it's being dominated by the same players for for some time now, and it and it's always um, refreshing to see new things, new learn new ways of living football you know the the there was so much going on about Qatar having no footballing tradition before this world cup and i think we often think maybe australia has no um not that much football tradition and like somehow this you know is some sacrosanct thing that some countries are entitled to and yet the the real beauty of the game is is just this the ease with which anyone can play it and it can adapt all sorts of people and terrain so it could be quite exciting although i will be rooting for argentina like mad but well, of course you will, Marcelo, and it's very gracious of you to to concede that in that alternate universe where Australia somehow manages to manufacture or win, um, we've already mapped out uh, what the route to the final looks like. Obviously, the winner of this game uh, is going to play either the, the the Netherlands or the USA. Uh, then it's likely to be Spain and Brazil, and then um, and then whichever of Argentina or Australia <laughs> manages to to negotiate that route through the semi-finals would ultimately play France or England. Uh, so our Nirvana scenario would be to play our old uh, sporting foe England in a final but look we're, we're uh, I think um, saying that partly with a tongue-in-cheek because the expectations are so low against Argentina and I think to go to the point of that match against Italy I think the the, the, the greatest hope of course is to somehow win but uh, um, the expectation is to compete at uh, a level where we um, we perform against the might of a resurgent Argentina and 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 do well I mean you, you talk about history Australia is actually celebrating the centenary of uh, of the Australian national men's side this year uh, there is uh, obviously a you know a vast melting pot of uh, of the original colonial days uh, um, into more broader European immigration, into Asian immigration, into African immigration. So you see the picture in the face of the Australian football side. You look at a young 18-year-old Garen Kowal who's just been signed by Newcastle. We haven't seen a lot of him. He's one to watch out for if he comes on late in the game and and there's any potential for it to be close. But then you look at Harry Suter. Uh, when you listen to him, there's no Aussie uh, strine accent when you listen to him. He's a Scotsman through and through. So, uh, yeah. so so that, that heritage of Australia, rather than being born in the, the historical uh, uh, countries of South America and, uh, and who obviously hosted the very first World Cup in Uruguay and, uh, and, the, and the famous loss against uh, Argentina, win against Argentina in that final loss win. in your case, the controversial <laughs> loss. I was reading about yeah. that earlier in the week. Um, it, it, so so our, our part has been as an observer of sorts of of the grand table of, of football and um and and we like the african nations and some of the other asian nations aspire to be the ones that break through and and you'll recall marcella back in 2002 that uh, it, there seemed to be a breakthrough occurring in that world cup final in south korea and japan where turkey yeah. and south korea both competed in the semi-finals but it, it sort of faded away didn't it and uh, are we seeing it could be a morocco it could be senegal um that uh, even japan uh, uh, it, should they 
get through that um, that there there is going to be a, a real chance of one of the the, the so called lesser nations qualifying as the local Argentinian hound dog uh, uh, shares his view on the subject. The dogs agree. <laughs> I do apologise. I don't know what to He's do because they're not, in, they're not within uh, my control. Um, I think that Japan is, is a lovely example because, again, it was, you know, the, the, the first game was utter disbelief from everybody, you know, Japan beating Germany and it... Um, and 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 then again, they've hosted a World Cup. Uh, you know, they've been around. They've got huge talent. Their leagues are uh, growing. You know, commercially and and um, in terms of following around the world, younger kids. And um, you know, you, you mentioned your son celebrating in in the square in Melbourne, and um, my own son's a similar age. I think their experience of the, their consumption of, of football, if you like, is is very different to to what ours would have been at their age, certainly. And 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 it's really, um, you know, they're very well. What I what I see from from my son and his mates is they're incredibly plugged into the Asian leagues and. The young players, and they know immediately. You know, I, 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 they know immediately who is good and where they're going, and they measure their speed and various kind of chances of completing passes and things in a different way. And I, and I, I think that's all got to be a very positive thing, really. Ultimately, um, what you mentioned the nineteen thirty World Cup, and it's full of. Kind of lyrical romance to reminisce about it, but it it, it feels like such a different um, proposition, really. Almost not, you know. I mean, I've been moaning about the VAR and the set pieces and the delays and the added time, and it all feels to me like it's much more American in a way. You know, it's a sport where you just stop and start again, and you want loads of goals and the and the Technology is paramount. There, there is a wonderful essay actually. An English woman wrote about VAR, and it's kind of how oh, it's the quest to find truth through through technology and science. I'll have to share that with you. Yeah. But, but the but then I I hear young people, and they're like, no, it's really good. You know, it's really annoying when you only play fifty minutes of the ninety, and it's really fair and. Um, uh, and again, you know, players aren't Australian or Argentinian or Japanese. They they're from a club or they're going to another club, and um, I, I think that's really healthy and dynamic and lovely. And I think there's lots of things about football that aren't healthy and dynamic and lovely, and perhaps about World Cups and maybe even this one. But um, but but the but the game itself and what happens. On, on the field, on the pitch, and the players, you know, to me, the players, they're still the stars, and they are, um, it's so, it's so joyous to, to observe that kind of, you know, that effort to surpass themselves, to do well, and I think, as I say, you know, the, 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 the surprise, maybe Argentina going through isn't a surprise, but Argentina gave us a surprise by 
falling at the first block and Australia going through it really is a big surprise. So it's a kind of, we're all like plugged in and wired. I don't know if it's ultimately it's good or bad to be so wired. I think you mentioned earlier you nearly had a heart attack and I, and I, and I certainly felt like I might need to sit down and just pause for thought. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's it's great. It's great. And I feel slightly kind of disingenuous, like loving it so much when there's so many things one might be saying about the business of the football and the everything else but I've just been completely sucked in by the show of, you know just mm. unapologetically mm. um consumed by just spectating this uh, this glorious thing and yeah I just hope your goalkeeper doesn't like you know throw Messi off his of his first penalty shot. <laughs> well, yes, of course. I mean, Unfairly that's... adjudicated by questionable war system. Well, Marcella, we're, we're going to say goodbye now. Um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll wish you luck with the uh, same amount of grace that you uh, have wished us good fortune should we progress. If Argentina does uh, manage to advance against Australia, I hope we do uh, die on our feet rather than live on our knees and that unlike Poland, who we love, um, that uh, uh, we don't um, go in and uh, and not attempt to attack. We've already proven against France that when we do that, we end up humiliated. So we don't intend to do that against Argentina. So whether we get a result or not, or whether it goes to penalties, uh, which would be just so incredibly painful, oh, we might, oh, we might don't, we bring... Don't we'll, even mention it. We'll bring out Andrew Redmayne. So you know exactly what he's going to do if that happens. <laughs> Thanks, Marcella. Thank um, you. We'll talk to you again soon, and um, and I'll communicate with you on the WhatsApp a bit. Of, we'll continue a bit of that banter along the way. Cheers. Marcella Mora Iharao from The Guardian. She is a, a delightful woman and uh, authority on football, let alone Argentine football. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this special preview of the uh, the Round of 16 World Cup match, which is 6 a.m. East Coast, our time in Australia on Sunday morning. Please make sure you su- su- subscribe to Box the Box wherever you get your podcast. Stoppage time offside. Tweet us, Box the Box NTS, and follow us on Twitter. Make sure you like us on Facebook and join us throughout the week as our podcast drop and we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game.